Hello, welcome to We've Been Watching this week. And this week, especially for uh, our audience out there, it's a special Jubilee edition. So I think this is in, in order. At the time of recording, um, we're about halfway into the Jubilee festivities. Um, and I think most people are, are either sozzled or hung over. I'm somewhere in the middle of that. So, uh, But sadly, we don't have Claire Woodward with us this week. Uh, she's doing a deep dive into the Jubilee TV coverage. And if you're a fan of the podcast, you'll realise that that's a complete lie. Um, anyway, she's had a high calling. I'm sure she'll report back on what she thinks about uh, the Jubilee in, in good time. Instead, we have uh, London journalist Nick Dalton joining us a music and travel writer and general polymath. That's that's the, the least rude word I could come up with, Nick. Uh, I think it's a very, very nice word. If I, well, I would if I knew what it what it meant. Uh, but uh, yeah, I think uh, I think more cheers and um, joyous celebrations are, are called for, really. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think if this were BBC coverage, I'd have to ask you what the Queen means to you, because that's what they've been asking everybody every 10 minutes, just about. Um, I mean, I think most people are answering, oh, a four-day holiday. <laughs> uh, well, that's uh, that, that certainly worked for a lot of people, isn't it? There's hardly, hardly seems to be anyone around in, in the street or, uh, or or on the tube, unless you're in the mail, I suppose, which um, is, is quite, has been quite busy. Yeah, absolutely. I've been into the mail two days in a row now, so I'm going to get a special MBE or CBE, I think, for, for services to... London Underground or something going in there, um, you know, beyond the call. But uh, it's been great. And you do get caught up in the atmosphere, even though you can't see anything, which is the key thing about it. Well, that's interesting. I, I was going to say that. It's uh, great to be, be part of it. But um, TV really works for, um, for actually seeing what's going on. Yeah, absolutely. And it gives you a sort of intimacy. Well, you hope it does. I mean, um, yesterday's trip in the colour, uh, I thought was uh, fantastic to watch, but I did sort of feel that um, the BBC felt it felt to me as though they were broadcasting from somewhere else because they had that strange bandstand that they've redone in the sort of colours of Habitat or something um, mm. next to the the lake in St James's Park. And they're sort of there's not a single banner to be seen. It's 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 a sort of strange studio, isn't it? Do you like it? Uh, no, I found it found it a, a, a bit strange. I have to say, I I turned over and went with Sky for most of my viewing. And oh I right, Alastair Bruce did a fabulous job. In he is good. Uh, he knows what he knows everything that there is to know about the Royals and says it in a very erudite but entertaining fashion. I mean, wasn't Alistair, I think Alistair was a herald, wasn't he, at some point? Uh, very possibly, yes. I did, uh, that, that, was, that one's escaped me, but um, he does seem to, uh, to, to know his stuff. And as I say, the whole thing ran really seamlessly and w was very entertaining. And, while you, and I guess when, while you were out, you actually saw one of the two most moving moments, which is that uh, 70 etched in the sky by the by the passing jets, which would bring a tear to almost anyone's eye. Yeah, absolutely. It isn't it strange how emotional you can get um, looking at a flypast. I mean, we were in Waterloo Place, which to people, non-Londoners, um, 
works its way down the hill towards the actual mall. And there's a, uh, a statue, I think, of Duke of York down there. Um, not that Duke of York, but a previous Duke of York. Mm. Um, and uh, we, we got to see, I suppose, a little bit of sky as they sort of whizzed past. But honestly, seeing that 70 and the red arrows was just such a highlight. And you get every, there's a, there's a rise of sort of emotion and cheering as this happens. It was a great, it was a great time. I don't know whether, it, did it feel like that on the TV as well? Uh, oh, absolutely, absolutely. What you wouldn't have seen though, standing in the crowd was what would have been, what for me was the other moment that brought a tear to the eye, which was actually seeing the queen walk out onto the balcony unaided with a, uh, with a walking stick uh, and, and smile and be, be part of it. That was, that was truly wonderful. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, she's making a great effort at the moment at her age uh, to get through this. I mean, she wasn't able to make the service of Thanksgiving today, but um, it's it's brilliant that she's able to pace herself at her age. Is she 94? Is that correct? I think, yeah, a bit more. Bit more. Um, but uh, yeah, to be fair, I think I've probably been exhausted after an event like that. Uh, and I'm nowhere near as uh, as old as the Queen. I mean, I'm done in with revelry anyway, just about. It's just it's wiped me out over the last uh, 48 hours, and I've got two days to go. But Are you still wearing your, your funny hat? Because there are, there, there are, it's been a, a weekend of funny hats, really, hasn't it? Yeah, some great outfits while we were in there, I must admit. Mm. And there's a great, there is a great atmosphere, there's no doubt about that. Um, but the, the, the BBC coverage, in a way, was um, a bit of a disappointment. And... I, they had brought back Kirsty Young from sort of people calling bringing her back from retirement, which is a bit weird. I mean, I didn't know she'd gone into retirement anyway. I get the feeling a lot of broadcasters don't retire. I mean, David Dimbleby was back doing stuff uh, today. So she was there in this rotunda and for the start of Trooping the Colour, she was um, talking to Michael Palin and Penelope Keith, which struck me as a little bit random i mean i suppose it was anybody who would say yes who had a knighthood and an mbe really i think that was the, the idea behind it from the bbc yeah well there's been some wonderfully random people on over on sky after the uh, the events uh, of the uh, in horse guards uh, joanna lumley was on there talking sort of chattering sort of nine to the dozen or 13 to the dozen or however, however <laughs> dozen you actually want um about her sort of memories of uh, meetings with the with of the queen and um it was all that was all really rather charming and i mean in fact as as um as an event it's it's had everything that a great british state occasion uh, should have really hasn't it it's a pomp circumstance and of course uh, you know groups of giggly women in the street wearing those those funny hats yeah, absolutely. Um, but well, it, it's sort of one thing it's not had, of course, though, uh, which we've missed is the umbrellas because the the, uh, the the great British weather worked in everyone's favour for once. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the forecast is a bit dodgy for the next couple of days, so we'll have to wait and see. I mean, I don't know whether that's going to mean we're going to get more filling on the TV, but I mean, your recommendation for Sky News is good because I did watch a little bit of the uh, service of Thanksgiving from St. Paul's Cathedral this morning. And again, I mean, that looked magnificent in that cathedral. Just about anything does, doesn't it? But we did go out, we did go over to Sky because again, they, they 
assembled some people in their studio and just continued to ask, what does the Queen mean to you? And I mean, I mean, that's a valid question for everybody, I suppose, but there's only so many times you can just about be entertained by an answer to that, surely. Well, well indeed, yeah. I think I switched over to Sky um, simply because there were people talking on the BBC and I switched over to Sky and it was actually the, the service starting and taking place. So it, it went into real... Um, real visuals of a real event as opposed to people talking about um, something that was supposedly coming up but in fact had actually started yeah and it's funny because bbc um was saying that you could go onto the red button and watch the basic coverage which then made me think why do we <laughs> why can't we just have the basic coverage as the basic coverage if you know what i mean why do we you know then we have the studio-based coverage as well. I mean, it's they're 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 making it a little bit more convoluted than it really needs to be. Uh, yes, I think um, modern technology and what you can do on on TV sometimes gets the the better of people, doesn't it? You just want to see what's happening and keep it keep it simple. I mean, do you think do you think we've got the sort of people that can do that? I mean, David Dimbleby was very good, I thought today, and Hugh Edwards is quite good, but. There is a real skill, isn't there, to one, knowing enough. You mentioned Alistair Bruce, he's absolutely brilliant. Um, know enough about the history of a, a lot of the places where where these ceremonies are taking place. I mean, no, to know everything about Trooping the Colour is probably a sort of lifetime learning exercise, isn't it, really? Uh, absolutely, yes. Yeah. Um, certainly the Queen's made a lifetime out of it, hasn't she? She's... Uh, just seen more than uh, more than most yeah i mean i don't know how sky handled this but did um of course everyone's wanting to know whether it was jeering or cheering for boris and um cassie when they turned up at St paul's cathedral what how did you how did you read that uh yes and there was also talk whether it's the same for harry and megan uh it was, <laughs> very, it was very difficult to say to be honest um it could have been uh, could have gone either way. Uh, I think it was a bit of both, really. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? The whole Harry and Meghan thing, we haven't had this story that was feared, I mean, certainly beaten up by the media because it is a great story, as to whether Harry and Meghan have overshadowed it. At this point, you'd probably say that they haven't, I don't think. No, they kept um, they, 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 they kept quiet and they... they shuffled off to the cheap seats, didn't they? Um, weren't part <laughs> of the, uh, the, the main party. Uh, I was wondering whether they got invited to the drinks afterwards, because there must have been drinks somewhere, mustn't they? I think they weren't. I, I don't know whether they, they didn't turn. There was a reception. I think Prince Charles had a reception in the Guildhall um, immediately afterwards, and I don't think they were there. Now, and of course, the speculation will continue as to whether they were invited and didn't go or I mean they looked quite happy and he was very he was very chatty wasn't he I thought Harry is he did, uh, in the in the lineup um of various archbishops and religious leaders wasn't he he was very yeah, involved he seemed to be um uh, we seem to, to I hesitate to say know his place but uh, he didn't uh, <laughs> he, he wasn't pushy to um get himself uh, noticed in any way was it and in the same as James Megan she was uh, sort of dutifully by his side and they they just did what was required of them I mean it's interesting isn't it this story is brilliant in the in the sort of machinations of it I mean do, does this mean I wonder that there he's trying or they're both trying to clear a path 
uh, back to coming into doing any sort of royal service. I mean, of course, they've got the really important work they're doing for Netflix, which they mustn't um, ignore. <laughs> well, uh, yes, in, indeed. Uh, it's, it's difficult to, uh, to to juggle that sort of lifestyle, really, isn't it? Um, uh, whether you actually want to leave your Hacienda-style house in um, in Beverly Hills or wherever it is and, and actually come over here to the uh, the, the cold and the and the the wet i don't know really uh you might fancy sort of being invited to christmas lunch or something but uh who who knows i mean it is interesting isn't it because i suppose ideally they'd like to do both wouldn't they and that's it's probable that they could probably do that and under let's say i shouldn't even say a king charles um it may be that he'd be quite happy for that to happen because um, they're popular. They're all right. There was some either jeering or cheering when they turned up, but they are still quite popular, aren't they? Well, I think so. Uh, I suspect a lot of it comes down to uh, what what Meghan wants to do. Uh, it seems to a oh, shocking thought, Nick. Shocking, <laughs> shocking. Let's let's have, let's have a little bit of clapping for that. That's really good. <laughs> There were two um, interesting documentaries on this week um, that, that I caught, um, both called Elizabeth. One was called The Unseen Queen on BBC One on the Sunday night, and the second was A Portrait in Parts, which was on Amazon Prime. I mean, I recommend both. Did you catch either of them, Nick? Uh, I'm afraid I didn't, no. I think in the, in the case of Unseen Queen, I don't think we learned an awful lot that was knew about the royal family because in a way it was it was sort of cleverly chosen clips of of home footage from the archive mm. um and i suppose the most shocking thing was watching edward the soon to be disgraced monarch and his brother george soon to be king doing double somersaults together on the lawn that gives you a sort of flavor of what was going on but um that was the sort of tenor of that i mean the other one was um a portrait in parts, which was put together by the Notting Hill film director Roger Michel, um, and the incredible thing about that is he actually died the day after the final uh, sound mix was done. So he he really devoted uh, quite a long time into searching the archives for for clips. Yeah, uh, during lockdown as a lockdown project. So um, I think the reality with shows like that. Uh, are that it was that there's precious little secret stuff to uh, to be told about uh, the royal family. Well, there, there may be, but um, they, they want to keep it secret. But certainly, what's what no one wants to do at this time, at the uh, the jubilee time, is to do yeah. something that causes any offence. Yeah, absolutely, and I think. Um... I think certainly the BBC, the, the BBC documentary, there was no offence of any sort there intended or um, or actual. Um, I mean, it was very, it was very respectful. Um, I mean, it's slightly less respect for the Roger Michelle one, but it was more, it was more witty and a little bit sardonic in, in places. Um, I mean, there was a fantastic clip of, um, probably the 60s of BBC, it was Robin Day was interviewing this fellow who was claiming that the Queen, as she spoke then, wasn't really the real Queen. And the next shot you saw was him leaving a broadcasting house and getting punched in the face by somebody. 
There you are, Nick. That's how to handle things, eh? Yes. Yeah. Indeed. Yeah. So you know, if you offend, if you offend the sovereign, you get belted one when you leave the studio. <laughs> <laughs> well, it seems fair. <laughs> no, absolutely. Um, but I mean, the most animated the Queen was during the um, the Amazon Prime documentary was when we had lots of shots of her at the races, which we all know she loves. I mean, she was darting around. It looked like the Royal Box at Ascot uh, because her horse had won. And then this equerry came up and said, yes, mum, you've won 16 pounds. And she was completely delighted. <laughs> I mean, we'd all be delighted with 16 quid, wouldn't we? Well, we would, yes, yeah. And presumably she had to have someone to carry it for her, did she? I don't know whether she'd, whether she'd put it in her, straight into her handbag. Yeah, or yes, good point, because she doesn't handle cash, does she? Or I don't know, maybe in that, in that, in that instance she did take. <laughs> would she go up and hand her chit in and um, say, I think I've won? Oh, no, that would have been lovely, wouldn't it? The Queen Mother was there. She wasn't at all. I don't know, whether was she a fan of horse racing? I think she, she was. I, I think she not, was, I'm, yes, yeah. I mean, what what is the thing about horse racing with the royals? Is it just is it is it literally the whole back to the phrase sport of kings? Well, yeah, and it well it gets you out into the uh, the, the public arena, but uh, without actually sort of head, heading out onto the streets, doesn't it? So you um, you're seen to be out and amongst people, but uh, without taking it too far. And of course, if you can afford your own horses, then um, then it, you. It's it's a lot more fun if you if you are not only winning, um, not winning the money, but uh, you are actually uh, have running the horse yourself. So if so, and uh, she's had she's had quite a bit of success, hasn't she? Really, as far as I'm, as far as I'm aware. Oh, so she, over the years. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was quite funny in the um, in the Roger Michelle documentary. There was a whole there was a whole section of basically her riding many horses at various ages, and you could tell that she had a real affinity for the sport and for horses, and absolutely loved it. Uh, yes, well, she she clearly has done down the uh, down the years, and I think um, she's uh, she's unable to uh, to get to the races this week, has she? Simply because she's um, uh, been exhausted by the um, by the festivities. Um, in horse guards, which is a shame, but um, yeah, we're watching that on on the television. I mean, I was amused uh, watching. I think the three royals riding a horse down to horse guards, and I was thinking, do you have to be if you're if you are a royal, a senior royal, do you have to be someone who can ride a horse? Because it 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 looks that way. And I wondered, you know, looking at Charles riding that, and I'm thinking, you know, Charles in his sort of is he in his seventies? He's there isn't he um, and i mean sitting on a horse for an hour and a half i mean that's not going to be the most comfortable thing in the world is it no no i, I think it's uh, it's in the job description though isn't it so you you have to have to go with that so i'd recommend both of those documentaries particularly uh, sort of four or five stars definitely for the roger michelle one and maybe three and a half stars that sounds really ungenerous for the unseen queen but it is uh it is what it is um you know, home, home movie footage. And did you catch up? Um, I don't know. Are you a soap fan, Nick? I'm not really a soap fan. Um, tell me, tell me about the soaps. I tell you, they're these strange dramas that appear every night on the television. Oh, right. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. I've heard of them. 
Uh, well, anyway, the East Enders, the East Enders, East Enders this week. Um, oh, is it, is it celebrating its hundredth year or something like that? <laughs> it feels like it. It feels like it if you're a viewer, that's for sure. I mean, I'm not a regular viewer of it. I must admit, I only did watch this because um, Charles and Camilla appeared on it, and um, I thought it was quite inspired. Really, I mean, I thought it was. I really felt this was going to be an absolute disaster, but they looked pretty much at home standing outside the Queen Vic, while um, Danny Dyer, uh, who's the publican there, Mick oh. Carter, was basically introducing them to everybody. Now there wasn't when when I first heard this story that they were going to appear, I wondered whether there was going to be a script, but I was, it's probably it's probably impertinent to give a script to a member of the royal family. Do you think? Uh, yeah, presumably they just say what they want, don't they? Uh, but they, so they obviously just played themselves, and they rather. I mean, I think it'd probably be more um, more entertaining if they'd been given roles as locals in the pub, sitting down having a having a fight <laughs> in a, a woodbine or whatever people do. In that would have been brilliant. And then a fight breaks out, and Camilla yeah. swings one, <laughs> gets the handbag out. Yeah. Gets the handbag out, no, definitely. Um, but they were they were looked really at home and they looked really comfortable as well. I mean, the other thing about it was they just kept being offered drink all the time. I mean, Patrick, the character, he was offering um, Trinidadian rum and someone else was offering them a pint. And I mean, at every juncture they accepted this. I think they actually had quite an enjoyable time, really. Did did they um, think these were real people? Do you think, or um, were they aware they were in a TV show? No, I, th I think well that's a very good it's a very good question if they actually turn we're, we're just taking you to this square in the east end <laughs> I wonder if we're going to get more we're going to get more of this we're going to get I wonder what um Kate and William could appear in that would work I'm just there must yes. be something maybe yeah. they I mean maybe they could do holly eggs I think because I think the queen uh, turned out on Coronation Street um i'm not sure emmerdale has had a, a royal visitor onto the farm charles would like going onto the farm but of course it's not emmerdale farm anymore it's just plain emmerdale isn't it if they could be worked into peaky blinders i think that might be more fun gosh that'd be good nick you know you go straight to commissioning for that one yeah um i mean the 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 letdown for me the the non jubilee letdown for me this week was um, another anniversary for midsummer murders. It's twenty five years of midsummer murders. Where where's the time gone, Nick? It just flies by, doesn't it? You know, you you watch one and then uh, before you know it, you've missed you've missed hundreds of them. <laughs> Are you a fan of midsummer? Uh, it's not something I watch regularly. I have seen the odd the odd one. I mean, the, tw the, the this 25th anniversary episode was incredibly ropey, I must admit. Um, and it, on paper, should have been much better because it was set in a scarecrow festival at a village. And we've all had that experience, haven't we, of turning up at a village and there are scarecrows everywhere and going, oh, my God, it's completely spooky. But um, That's what the countryside's like. It, yes. What are they all doing there? Why are they all in cities where they belong? Um, and it was, I would say, three below three stars for it. So very disappointing. Not much of a cast, um, and didn't really work. So there's that. There's the sort of down note uh, of the week, I'm afraid. So cancel 
uh, your recording of that one. I'll, um, I'll delete. Yeah. And there was an interesting football match this week, wasn't there? Um, Scotland v Ukraine. And I, when when I saw that build, I thought, is this going to be like um, Eurovision, where we give them a free pass? But uh, actually, it was it was probably keenly fought, was it? Uh, well, it was. Yes. I mean, who do you who do you cheer for? Uh, it's it, totally. It's funny, it's funny because it, it almost links in with the um, with the, the the royal goings on because. Um, uh, well, it, it, in the horse guards, there was the, the music that being played. There was Irish music, there was Scottish music, which which actually brought everything you know into the um, uh, the under the Great British flag, under the the Union Jack, and, and as we all know, yes, absolutely, been seeking to uh, to be independent. And um, uh, a lot of people have said that uh, if it, if Scotland were independent, then surely we could stop pretending to be interested in their football results. But this, was, <laughs> this one was one that you you couldn't not be interested in under any any circumstances. Scotland versus Ukraine for uh, for a you know, the, not quite a place in the in the World Cup because there's one more match to go. But uh, uh, something that uh, you know it might not have been at the uh, Eurovision Song Contest, but uh, almost uh, almost as important perhaps. And is it true that the, that um, I know they've got Wales next, haven't they? Ukraine. They have. They have, I mean, but the the World Cup um, this year will be much bigger than it has previously been. There is, is there an extra round to get through? Is that correct? Oh, I, I lose track of just just what there is, but I think there they are in getting more people in. It's more in the world of inclusivity. I think um, the smaller teams are being invited to. Um, to oh, I see. Right. Yeah. So Ukraine, I mean, do, do, how far do you how far do you think they'll actually go? And I mean, they will get a lot of support, won't they? That's for sure. They will if the, uh, if they get past Wales, and um, I'm not quite sure that they will because Wales are are a very good team. Uh, but if if they do get through, then I suspect that uh, they will they'll get through the first round. But any further than that, probably probably not. But um, uh, it's it would be heartwarming it, given the uh, given the circumstances and uh, who could who could wish them to to lose yeah absolutely and um i was driving a car up the a1 at the time of the champions league final and i i didn't i on the radio it sounded completely drama charged but um how did how did tv handle it because it was it was a late starter and there was drama going on outside the ground wasn't there well, there was, yeah. So uh, the the drama was uh, picked up on TV, or, or rather, the the lack of anything happening largely was picked up on on TV. Because at the time, there was much more um, studio chat. But in the aftermath, um, it, it it was TV at its finest, really. Ha having a look at what goes on in in some of these places that in previous eras would have just been lost. You wouldn't have been able to see from from the sky just what the you know the french security forces french police were were up to um and how the the men not only men but women and young children of liverpool supporters were treated abominably by um by the by the french had seemed to have, have done nothing I and mean, i know the french are trying to uh, lay all the blame on onto the the fans for somehow supposedly having got fake tickets but there was no uh, 
the fact that they weren't opening the gates to let people in and then were pepper spraying them was uh, was appalling. But uh, soon after yeah. the match, that uh, that was that was all picked up by the news channels uh, and shown at at length. And uh, you know, it's absolutely horrible. Yeah. Completely terrible. I mean, I sort of had in my mind while it was happening: is this something the the French had thought about? Um, had the you know, I'm not saying they've been incredibly malicious, but did they have in their mind that um, then they were just deliberately not going to um, trust, if you like, Liverpool supporters to behave themselves, and they were going to wind them up? I mean, it, it was completely bizarre their attitude, wasn't it? Well, it was, and uh, I have to say, you you, you do. Uh, suspect the the French forces of um, maybe not having everyone's best interests at heart. I mean, if we, if we mm-hmm. go, go to, uh, we've, all, we've all seen pictures of um, migrants trying to get into Britain on these boats, and yeah. the French don't seem to do anything to to stop them leaving. They, you suspect they just want them off the premises. They don't want to help anyone, and this, this is and this is just another another act of, of sort of willful negligence to the people at large men women and children yeah that's the terrible thing about it isn't it children and according to that circumstance i mean have you been to matches like that i went to a world cup match without a without a ticket um years ago uh in munich and i was with my father and we got off the tube and you have this terrible sense of of being dragged along with the crowd when things aren't managed properly. And it's a, an incredibly scary situation, isn't it? Yeah, uh, I haven't actually been to a match like that, but I can well imagine what it what it's like. The, uh, the, the closest I've been to was, was a football match in Brazil a few years ago, a local derby um, at San Salvador and the old capital. And uh, I, the police, there were the, there were, troops searching people on the way in and I, I can only suspect they were searching people to make sure not too many had forgotten their fireworks because it was a it was a wild and crazy evening yeah i bet uh, any pictures nick that compromising no no afraid not they're not <laughs> um but it is it is this is a this is a recurring problem with these massive matches isn't it particularly when you get a lot of fans and I'm not pointing the finger at anybody who don't have tickets or have tickets that may well be fraudulent. I mean, I don't. I mean, what what do we do about this? I mean, we don't seem to have a a credible way of of dealing with it. I mean, they the French had a a wider perimeter, didn't they, or an extra um, perimeter to get through, didn't they, for the fans? They do. Um, but while it while it's going to be difficult. Uh, it's not impossible if you if you're proven to have a real ticket and lots lots of people had real tickets. Uh, I, I on TV I've seen journalists who were there as as as, um, as just fans rather than journalists, but reporting on TV about how that how their real ticket didn't get them anywhere near the near the ground. So uh, it kicked, yeah. but you have to actually decide that you want to make it easy for the fans, you know, rather than treating the fans as if there's there's some kind of animals who um, who don't deserve you know the, the goodness of your heart yeah absolutely but then aren't you aren't you reassured because uefa are going to investigate themselves again which is always good yes yeah it'd be interesting to see how far this this goes won't it no indeed um so two days to go in the festivities uh, w- what are you looking forward to i mean uh, of course as a as a music journalist what do you think of the lineup for the concert 
Uh, it's it, it's interesting. I mean, it's it's it, it's not necessarily the uh, the best of British music in there, is it? I think Diana Ross is is there, which uh, it sound, does rather sound like the the lineup was put together by by someone um, in the sort of easy listening department. Um, <laughs> someone who listens to Smooth FM or something. Yes, yeah, it's like sort of Radio Two in the old days, really, isn't it? A lot of it, but um, I'm sure there'll be a, a, a great deal of fun had. Anyway, Nick, it's been it's been great to catch up and and to talk of it in this special special jubilee edition. Well, until next week or the next time we have you on the podcast, um, thanks very much, Nick. Great, great to chat, and I think we should go out with some more cheering, shouldn't we? Yeah, definitely. Here we here we are, and congratulations again on seventy years to Her Majesty. Here yes. we go. Thank you.